Welcome to the Wellbeing Room. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are a sufferer of chronic pain or know someone who has chronic pain, then this episode is for you. Today, I interview Gemma McFall, a pain coach. And in this episode, you'll learn more about how she healed her own chronic pain and how she helps others to do the same thing. Welcome to this episode of the Wellbeing Room. Today, joining me in the room, I have Gemma McFall, who is a pain coach, and she is passionate about helping people overcome chronic pain and improve their overall well-being. Her interest in this field is not purely academic. It comes from her own experience. She suffered from chronic back pain for over 10 years whilst working in the corporate world. And she knows firsthand the impact that this can have on productivity, health, and quality of life. Now, I met Gemma through a mutual friend, Brigitte Gem, who I've also interviewed on this podcast. Uh, Brigitte interviewed Gemma on her podcast, Vegan Family Kitchen, not that long ago. And I loved hearing what Gemma had to say about pain. But what really pricked my ears was her knowledge of under- and understanding of the Clifton strengths, which she uses to help people overcome their pain. So having done my Clifton strengths assessment back in 2021, I was really curious to learn more about my own strengths. Uh, and this all came at a time when I was feeling a bit uninspired in the work that I was doing in this job that I had. And the way Gemma spoke about strengths gave me the confidence to trust in her ability to help me better understand how my strengths were showing up or weren't being used effectively in the work I was doing. So um, that was late 2022 when I worked with Gemma at doing some strengths coaching with her. And I'm really grateful for those coaching sessions. Gemma is a vibrant and energetic person and a wonderful coach. And I'm so grateful to have her here in the wellbeing room today. So welcome, Gemma. Oh, that was, that was such a good introduction. Thank you. It's really, really good to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so glad you could join us. And you're in Dubai, which is an interesting part of the world too. So um, yeah, maybe we'll get a taste of what that's all about <laughs> later yeah. in the show, but let's get down to business. So um, I'd really be curious to know about your pain journey. You said you had 10 years of chronic pain whilst you were working in the corporate world. So do you know what caused the pain? How did it start? How is it showing up? Um, and maybe some of our listeners might be able to relate to some of these experiences. So yeah, can you share with us about that? Yeah, so I, I'm from the UK originally and uh, I was in the hospitality industry. Um, two weeks before we were about to move out to Dubai, I had an injury. Um, I was at a dance festival and I twisted my back and that that was kind of the start of the the 10 year saga. Um, Actually, we're just coming up to the anniversary of that now. But uh, I moved to Dubai with kind of like a twinge in my back. And the idea was, you know, take tablets, go see a doctor and hopefully it'll just go away. That was the advice I was given. And I did that and it didn't go away. It kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I'd have periods with no pain and then it would come back and so on and so on. It was kind of a cycle over many years. And to be honest, I didn't really notice it getting, I didn't notice how how it had got worse um, until I sort of reflected on it uh, later. But after eight years in Dubai, we moved to Sri Lanka for another posting. And once I got there, the 
pain you know it just went through the roof like I, I was in absolute agony I had two little kids at the time and I couldn't even lift them up from the floor I couldn't get that at the time my youngest was six months I couldn't even get her into the high chair like it was um it was awful so I was exploring all different options by this point I'd had physio every tablet you can imagine I was having injections in my spine um and and I was kind of uh looking at the surgery option and so I was on a waiting list for surgery in fact I was I was due to have it um to sort of I think it was about two weeks uh in two weeks I was about to have it and then I was on a coaching call I was studying to be a coach at the time and I was the client and the coach said to me what do you want coaching on and my reply was I uh, I want to uh, basically cut my back off because I can't live like this anymore it's just it's too painful and you know that's what I want coaching on and this poor girl that's trying to learn to do coaching had 20 minutes to help me with this obviously in 20 minutes uh, she couldn't solve the back problem but the tutor on the call actually said you know you need to check out this book um which was uh, it was called healing back pain by John Sarno this is now a kind of an old book and there's much better books on the uh subject much more up to date but basically introduced me to the mind body approach to healing and the idea of the fact that the whilst the pain was excruciating and very very real it was a learned response by my brain so my brain was firing off pain signals even though my actual body was healed many years ago my body had been healed it's a complicated subject but this is kind of like the the uh, the you know the the quickest way to explain it um but as soon as I got the knowledge it made so much sense and as I was reading through this book I was like yes 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 this applies to me so much um and it was largely to do with uh, my personality traits which is kind of how we got into the whole strengths thing um I have um, strengths that well personality traits that mean I'm kind of a high achiever a people pleaser empathetic you know these kind of things that I was driving myself uh, into more and more pain if you like um, and also uh, it can come from trauma although I didn't have big trauma as a child many many little things through life build up and build up and build up and eventually the body just goes nope not anymore can't keep doing this so getting the theory for me was the biggest nugget. And then I healed pretty quickly, considering it was years of pain. I was, I think I was having my first kind of pain-free day after just a few months. Mm. Um, and that's when I pivoted the coaching business. And I was mm. like, right, if I can do it, I can help anyone do it because mm. it's it's education-based. So yeah, that's so it. Did you end up having the surgery then or not? No, I didn't. And now I look back on it. I, I reflect on that, that whole thing. I was desperate. I was so desperate. I was willing to fly from Sri Lanka to Singapore mm. to leave my two kids behind on my own, go there, have surgery, and then fly back one day later. Mm. But the surgeon had never met me. We'd never even had a phone conversation. I'd sent him uh, MRI scans and just looking at one MRI scan, he was like, yeah, I can do this. No problem. You know, get on this flight. And I look back now and I'm like, I didn't need that surgery mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. 
So it was it was such a close um, thing because actually a lot of spine surgeries they they give you relief for sure and like so many people get relief but after several years it comes back. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Now it's really interesting and um, yeah I've I haven't read exactly the same book you did but I have read another book by the same doctor and yeah it's very interesting about the whole mind body approach um, how we sort of create. I don't know if we create the pain. I don't know if that's the right word, but we sort of, yeah, that this pain appears and we sort of, there's this fear around it and it, and it's sort of brought about by having these personality traits, like you say. And I was really interested in the book that I was reading. It was talking about internalized rage uh, and trauma as another possible cause or potential cause of the the chronic pain showing up and I was wondering if you could maybe talk a bit about that your experience with that you don't have to go into details but like how you see that playing out in people potentially that you coach and how they perhaps overcome that and work through that yeah I I will do but I just want to quickly go back to your thing Mm. about we create the pain Mm. it almost it's almost not fair to say that we create the pain. It's like, it's our fault and the pain's not yeah. real, but the mm. pain is absolutely real. And actually yeah. the pain that the sort of pain that I had is more painful than actually, if I really was getting pain from my uh, joints, but this is not limited only to back pain. This is migraines, fibromyalgia, many, many, many conditions. Um, yeah. Even things, skin rashes, this everything not everything but you know many many things can be attributed to this pain fear cycle and the easiest way to describe it is we learn to ride a bike we never forget you can't forget to how to ride a bike once you know and that's because the neural pathway has been established so you get on a bike and you just automatically know what to do and that's exactly what's happening with pain we have maybe we have an injury or sometimes it doesn't even need to come from an injury it could just come on we wake up in the morning and suddenly we're in pain but once that neural pathway for pain is established Mm. that's it it's there and the the more we have the pain the more we fear the pain the bigger Mm. that neural pathway gets and over time the the fear gets more the pain gets more and we go round and round and that and that's it so it's like yes we create it but it's so subconscious just yeah Uh, yeah so yeah it's it's crazy so sorry going back to your question about rage Mm. it's very interesting because the type of people that get um we call it neuroplastic pain which is when the brain is firing signals um incorrectly so the type of people that get neuroplastic pain tend to be really, really nice people. You know, when you describe someone's, oh, that's such a nice guy, you know, or mm. it's the people that will always put other people first. And so when we talk about suppressed rage, it's like, it's things, I could give you many examples here in Dubai. It's like the kids are all, you know, other people's kids are all different activities around Dubai and then you have a mom and her job that's stereotypical but let's say a mom goes to pick up the child from gymnastics and then has to go to the next one and the next one and the next one and she has to keep smiling all the time but inside there's like massive rage because it's like why do I have to do this why do I have to waste my day driving around you know why do I have to talk to people I don't like why you know yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah. it's 
but all the time she's smiling and she's being just so nice to the kids and not, you know, but it's that voice in her head that's like, Mm. um or rage could I, I had a, a client recently and and we got kind of to the bottom of her rage and actually her rage was with the medical system because she was you know constantly been diagnosed with things um because often with chronic pain it's not just one thing it's like you maybe have one thing but then it's another and another and another and you tend to spend a long time being bounced around specialists and so she'd kind of she trusted them and she believed them and you know she was going down the western medical route but then she realized after reading a book you know like what what we're talking about today she realized that it's none of those things it's this she had neuroplastic pain so she had major rage with the medical industry but it had all just come up again because her mother was now having um is about to have surgery and she can see it's unnecessary surgery she doesn't need but she can't do anything about it because it's not her it's her mother yeah so this is like yeah it's and it's really hard I think is too when when we see friends or family who have or even you know colleagues or clients you know that we're working with like me as a yoga teacher you know I might see a yoga student who has you know some kind of chronic pain um, and maybe they're, you know, going to a doctor or getting surgery or, you know, have had surgery already. And, and I, I, after reading that book and hearing you and, and I, I often think, you know, is that something that, you know, was even necessary for them to go through? Could they, if they just, you know, educated themselves a bit about this neuroplastic pain and um, dealt with, or, you know, tried to work through whatever trauma or rage or experience that they were going through to I guess, yeah, work with that, that would be obviously a better outcome than, yeah, yeah. relying on the medical system potentially. That's not necessarily going to treat the cause, but more just, you know, consider it a symptom of some kind or maybe not even know what the cause is. I think a lot of people have pain and there's no real visible cause so it's attributed to something perhaps like I was reading in the about the back pain you know like swollen discs or pinched discs or things like that and they're not necessarily even causes of pain because people have those issues and don't have any pain yet other people do so yeah it's interesting it's an interesting way way the body works and the mind and the nervous system so it's an interesting thing you say about the 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 spine specifically but Mm. it's absolutely normal that hair goes gray as we get older skin changes as we get older like we accept this as being absolutely normal we don't go Mm. to the doctor and say oh my skin is like looking old or my hair is like going gray We we don't we don't do that so the only people that have perfect spines are brand new babies like baby has just been born and it's got this perfect spine but actually what happens to spines as we get older is they they get damaged it's mm. it's just normal wear and tear so yeah. when when you look at mri scans of older people something i can't remember the the figures now i wish i had them in front of me but like from sort of the age of 20 you can almost guarantee that they will be degenerative disc disease at some for many many 20 year olds but the higher the age, the more damage. But what happens is we see an MRI scan. The, the surgeon is looking for the cause of the pain and they've got to find something. It's their job to find something. So they look down the MRI scan and they're like, oh, look, there's some there's some damage. Mm. And then obviously we see that and we're like, mm, damage. 
and that yeah. that um, fuels the pain fear cycle. Yeah. But all pain is created in the brain always. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> what about acute pain though? I mean, acute pain. Like if I drop, like the other week, I dropped a heater on my foot and it really hurt. Yeah. Like there yeah. was pain. You know, that's Good. you know. Am I making that up as well? Like, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> acute pain. Let, okay, let's think about it like this. You've got a hob. You know, like for cooking, and it's yeah. on. Yeah. If you put your hand on that hob and lean on it, mm. like you need a signal to tell you that that hob is hot. Otherwise your whole hand would melt and your arm would sound mm. fire, you know? Yeah, so yeah. That's, that pain is a warning signal for you to mm. make a change, to do something differently. So yeah. you lift your hand up off that hob. So yeah. that's acute pain. What I'm talking about is where we go from acute pain to sort of after three months, if you still, if your hand is still hurting after three months, you know, that's now become a chronic pain after mm. three months. It's sort of like the definition because the body okay. heals itself. Yeah. A broken arm, let's say that's in two separate parts. Of course it needs fixing back together. Mm. And the medical system is wonderful for things like this. And yeah. they, they enjoy doing these things and they fix it, you know, and the heart, the arm will heal. Mm. But where we get into this kind of gray area, it's not even fun for the, for the doctors. There's no, there's no, they can't do anything for chronic pain. They can yeah. just keep treating it as if it's acute pain. We'll try this now. We'll try this now. We'll try yeah. this. But try because it's painkiller, you know, exactly. And because it's not, it doesn't respond. But many, the confusing thing is things do work. Like I was having injections in my spine and it would give me massive relief for a, for a few weeks. Yeah. So I, but it would come back partly why it was giving relief was because I um, I was taking control and I felt calm I've got this mm. so yeah. yeah and obviously tablets mask the pain but there's a yeah. huge difference between healing pain mm. and getting rid of pain we can get yeah. mask pain get rid of it with, with all sorts of things but healing is a whole different thing yeah so so how do we heal the pain you know I, I was reading the book and it was talking about how the pain is like the brain's way of stopping you from basically having some, you know, outburst or some breakdown, you know, emotionally. Um, and the, you know, the brain is just channeling that into pain in the body to avoid you having this experience. So how do we overcome? Do we have to go through some sort of mental breakdown or, you know, what's the process? You know, you do not need to go through a mental breakdown. <laughs> Thank, goodness goodness. Thank goodness. So the, the, the healing process is different for different people. Um, I'll give you an example of one guy. Um, actually, it was a friend. Um, he had very bad back pain and we were at a barbecue together. He could he could hardly stand up. Like he couldn't stand up with like, kind of like leaning on the chair and, you know, like this. Mm. So we stood at the barbecue I, I had a chat with him similar to what we're doing today. I told him my story and then I give him a, a few resources to go away and read. And so I said, if this resonates with you, great. If it doesn't, you know, it's not for everybody. Not everyone is ready to hear this. But he mm. went away, he read the book and within a few months, I got loads of little voice messages from his wife 
uh, when they were away on holiday and she was like I'm so happy this is the first time we've had a holiday and he hasn't been talking about his pain and like it's amazing I can't believe it it's gone so he's what we could, would call a book cure because mm. he literally read the theory on neuroplastic pain and his brain went this makes so much sense and yeah. he just something switched in his brain and he was no longer scared of the pain and when we're not scared of the pain it kind of releases somewhat Unfortunately, he is in the minority. Most people need a bit more support than that. So the first thing is education. Mm -hmm. And then the next part is looking at, this is what I did with, uh, with you, looking at personality and how your personality might be fueling the pain. So, um, I mean, maybe we can talk more about personality after, so I don't, we can come back to it, but there's yeah. certain personality types that are, that are let's say, when we talk about that rage there's some personality types where we will just put our needs second and we'll put everybody else first which is then contributing to the rage yeah. so that's personality then the next piece is past so with with clients I always go through a timeline literally from the year they were born up until today and we look at all the uh, emotional events that have happened through life and then we map it to physical things that have happened to them through their whole life. And we yeah. can see, and then we start to see the pattern very, very quickly, you know, even from very, very young age. I've had clients as where they've said, oh yeah, as a child, I used to have this condition, like um, not being able to um, swallow food, you know, things like this. And then you look at what's happening emotionally for them around that same time. And you can see the connection. And then again, later and later and later. Um, and this, without even going into the, emo the deep emotions of this, just talking about it and seeing the connections sometimes is enough for people to go, oh, makes sense that that relates to the theory of pain. And now I get like why, why this is the case. Yeah. Um, and then the next stage, within that, some people might need actual help with trauma. So I, mm -hmm. I will sometimes, you know, take people back with um, different techniques to help them feel that emotion again and fully process it. Because sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, things happen and we haven't got time to have a breakdown at the time, you know, like a death in the family or something. We've got to keep it together. So yeah. we keep it together on the surface, but then it's when... Um, the emotions just get kind of packed down and we put a lid on it. And then years and years later, it comes out as um, pain, physical pain, because we never dealt with it. So that's yes. part of the past. And then the last section is um, present day. Like, what do you do in your present day that helps to regulate your nervous system? Because it's all very well kind of figuring out, you know, where the pain is coming from. But if we don't make any lifestyle changes and we keep living at 90 miles an hour and putting other people first all the time, it, it will just will just slip back again. So just helping people to have kind of a more of a balance, I would say. So that's that's the process I tend to go through. <laughs> yeah. And just on that last point, you know, about regulating the nervous system, I think, I mean, I've talked about that on the wellbeing room before. We've had some other people share about that but it's such a I think especially for older people who perhaps have never gone down that path or have maybe dabbled in a bit of mindfulness here and there but that whole nervous system regulation it's a really big piece and it can be quite challenging you know it's it's you know there's lots of I think I think it personally it involves a lot of awareness and 
change, you know, like or implementing new ways of doing and and being, which for some people maybe that's really challenging, others maybe not so much. What do, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's, it is an fascinating topic, this nervous system thing, because if you'd have asked me when I was at the height of my back pain, are you stressed? I would have said no, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you look at my lifestyle, I was leaving the house at 7.30 in the morning to go to a, I was a HR director. So I was leaving the hotel, leaving two children, uh, you know, going to work for in Dubai, it's um, minimum 8.30 till 6.30 is the working hours in hospitality industry. And I was regularly doing much longer than that. Mm. So I was doing that, then going home and being a perfect mom. And then the kids would go to bed and then I would be a perfect wife, you know. Mm. And so this, and then repeat day after day after day. So that was my lifestyle. But you asked me, uh, am I stressed? I'd be saying, no, not at all. Of course I'm not stressed. But the reason... I and many, many people in this position don't feel their nervous system's dysregulated is because it's been dysregulated since they were a child. Yeah. So for them, it's normal. Mm-hmm. For me, I always had a dysregulated nervous system, maybe because I was too perfect as a child, you know, maybe I don't, I don't know, but like, I'm trying to be too good. So I'm nervous all the time. And then as I grew up, it just stayed nervous, 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 nervous. Mm. And so I don't know or didn't know what it felt like to have a calm nervous system. Yeah. Wow. It's fascinating. It's it so is. interesting. It must have been a bit of a, a shock when you saw the yes. difference then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was a journey. But like, it, it's, yeah, it, it's awareness. But mm. yeah, i so in many, many, many ways, I'm so grateful. This sounds ridiculous. And anybody listening to this in pain right now would just not agree with this at all. But I am so grateful for that back pain. Because now, having gone through that journey, I'm a different person. Honestly, I'm a different mom. I'm a different wife. I'm a different human. I've got so much more awareness of who I am and now when I feel kind of a twinge here or there or whatever in my back or 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 a migraine or something I immediately go to emotion what's going on Mm. you know what's going on right now and then I deal with the emotion and then I can move on with life so it's like an early warning signal now it's fantastic I'm so grateful (laughs) which sounds ridiculous right no yes and no I I think it makes total sense to be honest But I think it's because I'm in this kind of line of work as well. So I, I kind of get it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a pain is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a way of learning about ourselves, isn't it? You know, and uh, mm-hmm. we can choose to to work with it or against it, for or against, and, you know, either reap the benefits or suffer the consequences, I think, you yeah. know, sadly. Um, yeah, but I, I'm interested to know now more about, the strengths like is that the strengths the Clifton strengths something you or just knew about because of your work in the corporate world or how did you stumble across that and then how did you make the connection between the strengths and the pain coaching side of things oh yeah great question so I I was familiar with Gallup strengths for um all through the corporate world and from a from a work point of view, it really helped me because somebody um, put me through it. I got my top five strengths mm-hmm. and I looked at it and I was like, oh, 
I'm in the wrong job. <laughs> I actually, I actually resigned from my job. But my boss pulled me over. She was like one of the the guys there, and they were like, "No, no, no you don't need to resign. This is who you are, and you do the job your way." It's just you're not a typical HR director, you know, like you don't have the natural, let's say, what, what we stereotypically would think a, a HR director would have. But but as soon as I realized that, I was like, right, okay, so this is how I work. And I stepped into being me as opposed to trying to pretend to be like all the other HR directors. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. So that's how I first found out about it. And then um, when we were about to leave Dubai and move to Sri Lanka, I got retrained. I got trained up on the tool so that I could be a facilitator in the future. And that was in December. By the time we got to um, Sri Lanka in January, that's when my back pain was at its absolute worst. And then think around February, I was reading the book. And when I started you know, reading about personality types, I was like, oh, certain personality types cause chronic pain I was looking down the list of these things I was like yes I have that yes 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 I was like I ticked all the boxes for you know what we were talking about earlier and then I realized you know what I know about positive psychology and and strengths is there is no bad personality type Mm. like all of the strengths are good but it's how you use them that matters so that's where I then kind of went back to what I'd literally just been through in um, in this course. And I made sure every single day I was using my strengths. Mm. So naturally in the corporate world, I like we were just talking about it, I had aligned my job. So every single day I was using my strengths, which means I'm a, I feel alive, I've got loads of energy, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really being the best version of myself. Then suddenly in Sri Lanka, I'm a stay-at-home mom with back pain. And I'm looking at these strengths and I'm like, I'm not using any of them at all. Mm. And so, of course, I was feeling drained and miserable and I had no purpose. So I gradually kind of changed my day. I didn't get it. I wasn't going out to work, but I just changed the way I was being around the house. Mm. Um, For example, I have learner. Learner is one of my strengths. So every day I put a TED talk on and I was listening to a TED talk or a podcast or something. And just for those few minutes while I'm listening or learning, I felt alive and happy. And guess what? No back pain Mm. for 20 minutes, you know, and then I got a voluntary job in my um, son's primary nursery school. I went and volunteered there. And, and then again, it was very weird. I had no back pain from, I think it was something like eight o'clock in the morning until 12.30, no back pain at all. And it's because I was using my strengths. I was in flow, I was energized, I had a purpose. I would get home in the afternoon, back pain again, mm-hmm. which is really good evidence that it's neuroplastic pain because if the pain comes and goes at different times, mm-hmm. then it's got to be almost certainly going to be neuroplastic pain so that so this is why I realized strength finder was such a key thing Mm, yeah yeah it's powerful stuff yeah (laughs) I mean I mean I would recommend uh, the listeners to this podcast episode if they're interested in hearing it Gemma going a bit deeper about that the interview that Brigitte did with you did with you was quite 
um, quite in depth about how you use the strengths and pain management. But unfortunately, we don't have time to get stuck into that too much today, but it, it definitely um, is, yeah, it's a great tool. And Gemma would be a wonderful coach to help you through that if you indeed have chronic pain and want to learn how to manage it and manage it using your strengths. Um, I definitely know that having discovered what my top five strengths are and working with you to understand them better has helped me a lot. And it did actually, I did also resign from my job as a result, but I think that was on the cards anyway. So not such a big deal. Um, so I guess, you know, how has your life changed? I guess you've touched on this a bit already, but how has your life changed having come out of the other side of this pain and, you know, what are you doing now? You know, I've been reading your emails and you've got some amazing things that you're doing. So what are you doing now that's helping you um, use your strengths and manage pain and, you know, do all the things that you want to do? Well, yeah. Um, so these days I'm, I have a coaching practice here in Dubai, but everything I do is pretty much everything I do right now is on Zoom which is amazing. So I've got clients all around the world, which is just an amazing feeling to be meeting, you know, so many great people. And I think where I kind of specialize, let's say, is is um, I like the energy at the beginning of coaching. Like I, I love giving people the tools and the knowledge and the quick wins. And that strength finder is a very quick way to very quickly see why your nervous system is being triggered whether it's through relationships uh, I mean this is a great marriage tool as well if there's any stress mm -hmm. within a marriage or with kids or whatever when you know your strengths and you you don't even need to know their strengths but when you know your strengths you can immediately see why you're being triggered and what to do about it and I love this like quick transformation and um, so that's where I spend most of my time doing um, coaching uh, like this um, I've all, I'm also going to be working much more with corporates to get the word out uh, because it makes me so sad that this is not common knowledge. It's such simple science and there's so much research backing it up, mm. but it's not mainstream because it's not taught in medical school. Mm. And I, it, I just... I just I just want everybody to know um so yeah this this is um where, where are we heading but um but these days I have no pain whatsoever so I do a lot of cycling um I've just done my first half marathon um I'm learning to unicycle um, oh my god <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> because I've kind of gone the other way I'm like I've got my life back so now I'm like what can I do so for my uh, 40th birthday I got a tightrope you know oh, wow. yeah. so I'm just like challenging myself um I just did a 4.5 uh, kilometer swim around the Burj Al Arab which is one of the famous buildings here so anything active sporty that can push me is where I I just love it because as I'm doing it I'm like yes I'm so mm. happy I found the, you know I found the yeah. answer and and that's what kind of fuels me now to mm. make sure other people do it and I think you know, because my kids are, are now six and eight, yeah, six and eight. The way I am with them when they're sick as well is so different. Like mm -hmm. the language I use, it's like, they'll say, oh, my tummy hurts. And I'll say, oh, I'm sorry, tummy hurts. What if you got on at school tomorrow? You know, I'm trying mm -hmm. to find what's behind that. You know, if your tummy could talk to you, what would it be saying? And mm -hmm. all, almost always we can get, 
to the root of whatever it is. Of course, like you said, there's there's six something that's acute pain, but there's no fear around symptoms when they come up. We just kind of talk, and I wish that more people were like that because mm-hmm. there's so many medicines and tablets that we can just go oh quick we need we have this thing called cowpole do you have cowpole there it's like a kid's medicine it's like the answer to everything i uh-huh. my go-to used to be like oh i have this wrong with me okay cowpole yeah. <laughs> cowpole all the time but now it's yeah just mm. oh it's just a happier place to be and i think the the um the hidden benefit that's come out of this is i'm not no longer like a stressy mom I'm still a little bit of a stressy mom but like not in the same way like I used to I used to go from zero to a hundred like the, the kids would trigger me like mm-hmm. like I, I would have back pain 7 15 at night every night and it was the bedtime routine it was triggering mm-hmm. back pain mm-hmm. whereas now I I'm much more like ah what's up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, it's an yeah. extra level of chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Extra level yeah. of chill. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. And I think you raise a really good point about, you know, how we're so quick to offer something by way of fixing a problem, like a tablet or medicine or some kind, rather than trying to nut out what the cause is. Like I love that you, you know, well, you know, what's happening at school or, you know, what's the feeling? Like I think getting to understand what the feeling is, I think is part of the way of that nervous system regulation. So understanding, you know, is it a tightness? Is it a, you know, churning, you know, what's that feeling like? And then trying to think about why, you know, you know, hopefully it's not an acute case of gastro or something, but you know, like if it is, you know, obviously taking the right tools, but yeah, just being aware that a lot of the problems that kids and adults face a lot of it's based on emotions you know and that reaction to how we're feeling and it's usually a state of anxiety or stress that is the cause yeah I think if if there was one thing that we haven't covered that I really want to say is Mm. there's many people that have symptoms that are not bad enough to bother to do anything about it so they'll say something like oh you know I just get migraines but it's only once a month Mm. or you know my shoulder hurts but it's only when it's cold you know but there's been this ongoing persistent thing or like I have issues with my knees so I no longer run Mm. there's no reason why anyone should have issues with their knees and they can't run We're, we're exceptionally strong like machines like we're strong strong people and it kind of makes me sad that they will live their whole life with that issue Mm. and it's not if we don't do anything about it's not going to get better it's not going to magically get better Mm. um and I just wish that I could help these people you know because you don't have to live like this um Mm. And for people where it's very minor things like that, really reading the book might be just enough to be like, yes, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'm always astounded when people come to like a yoga for the first time or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've got this neck pain. I had like a car accident 20 years ago. I'm like, 20 years ago and you still got neck pain. I'm like, something doesn't sound right, (laughs) you know, but you can't really tell people that it's, 
you know, how, I wouldn't know how to approach that topic yeah. of conversation. <laughs> There's actually a really interesting study that's been done on whiplash. They, I, I have to dig it out, but they, they put people in a, a fake car crash. So it was people in a car that that didn't move, but they simulated that it moved, put broken glass on the floor and everything. And this, the research has predicted with incredible levels of accuracy how many people would have whiplash from it. Mm. purely based on who the people were in their past they'd filled in questionnaires and based on their personality types and the, the who they were in their past trauma mm. and people had whiplash after a fake car crash two weeks later still had whiplash and then they followed them for longer and some of the people still had whiplash yeah so <laughs> you should give the study to these people in yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to share before you wrap up today? Because we're quickly running out of time. Oh, I could talk on this subject for literally yeah. hours and hours and hours, but um, I really appreciate you giving me this um, this platform to, to talk mm. and share. And, and I hope even one person listening to this goes and, mm. and takes action. You don't have yeah. to live in pain. So do I. Yeah. So, um, so Gemma is currently offering virtual coaching packages, as she mentioned. So if you are listening or watching and you have chronic pain and you would like to work on leaving it, getting rid of it, doing something about it, then please get in touch with Gemma. She's great to work with and using the strengths I feel is just one of the best ways of, um, yeah, of working through that process. So please get in touch with Gemma. I'll leave links in the show notes um, to her information, how you can get in touch with her. Uh, and if you just want to do the strengths coaching as well, is that something you're still open to, Gemma? Yeah, Without the absolutely. pain attachment? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, love, I love helping people to figure out their strengths. And, yeah. and you know, strengths is something you can do by yourself. Mm. but you wouldn't get you can do the assessment but without help having the mirror mirror person there to help mm. you to decipher it it's it's not very useful yeah but I would love to help anyone that's um that wants to yeah to figure out who they are and how they tick mm. and what's yeah no it's them. really fascinating stuff and I really loved going through that with you it's really helped a lot so thank you so much for joining me in the well-being room today it's been an absolute pleasure having you here and yeah, all the best for, do you know how long you're going to be in Dubai for? Is that kind of like a long-term thing or will you be heading off to some other exotic location? <laughs> so, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? The joys so, yeah. of being able to work remotely. It's, it's really a blessing, I think, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gemma. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Wellbeing Room. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Gemma McFall. If you have pain or you want to learn more about StrengthsFinder and what your strengths are and how you can use them to just live a better life or to help overcome your pain, then please get in touch with her. The links to Gemma's website and email are in the show notes below. Thanks for joining us in the wellbeing room today. If you enjoyed listening, please consider sharing this episode with someone you know or love. And if you really liked it, then please leave a review in Apple, iTunes, on Amazon, or even on Spotify. You can give a quick star rating. Thank you so much again. I look forward to having you join us in the wellbeing room in the not too distant future. Until then, stay well.